0: Let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And so we're drawing near to the end of our series of sermons on the Lord's Prayer. And on this day when Jesus stood firm against great opposition, we think of those words in the Lord's Prayer, Lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I remember a cartoon that I saw in a magazine recently about a to- toddler who had the messiest of faces and the most cheeky smile, sitting in his high chair. And underneath were the words, when I'm good, I'm very, very good, but when I'm bad, I'm happy. <laughs> and that reminds me of a dear old lady I used to visit in one of my earlier churches. She was nearly blind, virtually deaf, and really could hardly walk, so I used to visit her quite regularly. And every time I left her, I would go at the door and say, Bye then, Jean. Be good. And she would go chuckling back down the corridor saying, Aha! Be good! A chance would be a fine thing. (laughs) I'll never forget that. It kind of summed up that sense of humour that kept her going. But so many good jokes do imply that good behaviour is boring and dull and that to be sinful or selfish is always enjoyable. Sin, though, according to the Bible and the teaching of Jesus, is a serious business and evil is very much a reality. Last week we were thinking about forgiveness for the past and our need to forgive those who have wronged us. We sought the healing of relationships in the present. But this week, we ask that God will toughen us up to face the future as we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I always think that that presents a very real problem. People say, why on earth do we pray that God won't lead us into temptation? Surely, he wouldn't do that anyway, he wouldn't want to seduce us into sin, so why bother asking him not to? Besides, temptation is such an integral part of human nature that we can't imagine life without it. Indeed, the very fact that we are tempted is part of the glory of our humanity. We're not robots, we're not programmed automatically to respond in a particular way when challenged. Instead, we are people made in the image of God and thus given the freedom to make our own choices. Free will is an essential part of what it means to be human. But Luke, in his version of the Lord's Prayer, emphasises the seriousness of sin, and he says, do not bring us to the time of trial." And the same words are found in Matthew, but he adds, but rescue us from the evil one. Essentially, this is a prayer for protection in the time of trial, testing and temptation. So how can we get over this? And I want to suggest that a bit of punctuation would actually help. Don't forget that there was no punctuation in the old Greek language in which the New Testament was written. It was originally spoken, and people knew when the pauses came. Punctuation came in much later. And when they put the punctuation in, they forgot to put a comma somewhere. Lead us, comma, not into temptation, comma, but deliver us from evil. And that comma makes all the difference in the world. Don't lead us into temptation, we need to stand firm then. So deliver us from evil and give us the strength that we need so that we can move forward positively. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For there is a tremendous difference between temptation and sin. The New Testament teaches the full humanity of Jesus. He would have had all the normal appetites and cravings of the rest of us, but he didn't give in to them. And that's expressed beautifully in the epistle to the Hebrews chapter 4 where we read, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weakness, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. He's been tested, he stood firm, and that's an example and a challenge to us. Humanly speaking... Jesus need not have died. He could so easily have returned to the relative obscurity and safety of Galilee and carried on a gentle teaching ministry and lived to a ripe old age. But this would have been a denial of his vocation. He knew that God had a far bigger work for him to do, it's just that it took him some time to come to terms with the sacrificial cost of his calling. So, in the Garden of Gethsemane, on that first Maundy Thursday, we see him wrestling with that destiny. The horror of the cross looms before him, and he yearned for release. He said, in effect, to God, Lord, if there's any other way in which you can fulfill your purposes, I don't want to have to go through the cross. So now's the time. Show me that there is another way, and then we'll be okay. But he got to the point where he said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. But then went on to say, But not my will, but yours be done. I'm willing to stand firm. Give me the strength I need. And use my sacrifice to fulfil the way of salvation for your people. There we see the fullness of the humanity of Jesus. Naturally he wanted to avoid suffering one of the most cruel and painful deaths ever invented. And yet with strength of character and commitment he stood firm for what God was calling him to be and to do. And I believe that there is, in a very real way, the victory of the crucifixion was won on Maundy Thursday. Won in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus had accepted the will of the Father and was determined to fulfil it. His mind was made up. He would go ahead and he knew that strength would be given. So as we have seen from Jesus in Gethsemane, there is nothing wrong with being tempted, but yielding is quite another matter. Just as an athlete goes through a rigorous program of training so as to give of her best, so God uses temptation as part of the toughening up process through which we are enabled to grow and mature. Our reaction to trials and temptations reveals the measure of our strengths, our competence and durability. In short, it shows what kind of person we are and how deep is our commitment. And so we are asking in this prayer, when they do come, Lord, will you protect and strengthen us so that we don't fall into the trap and give in to the lower nature? Paul gives us a very helpful message in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 when he says, no testing has overtaken you But it is not common to everyone. But God is faithful. And he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out. So that you may be able to endure it. Well, the New Testament teaches us that there's always a spiritual battle going on in all of our lives. And he warns us to be on our guard. I suppose many of us feel sometimes as though we're like a walking civil war, because there's a battle going on between our highest ideals and our lower nature, and we need to stand firm for what we believe to be right. In our best moments we aspire to the highest, and yet in reality finish up doing what we don't really want to do at all. And Paul writes about that in the seventh chapter of Romans, in these words, And these are the things that he learned, not from a textbook, but on the anvil of his own experience. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, says Paul, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's the one who rescues. So then with my mind, I am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh... I am a slave to the law of sin. An alcoholic was having a chat with his pastor. His wife had said, you better go and get yourself sorted out, so go and see the minister and just tell him what's going on and he'll tell you what to do. And so the minister listened very, very carefully to what the alcoholic was saying, of how he said one thing and yet couldn't kind of do what he said he was going to do. And the minister listened very carefully, and then quietly began to say, the good that I want to do, somehow I can't do it. And the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I fall into. Oh, wretched man that I am, who can deliver me from the bondage of this death. And the alcoholic turned to the minister, and said, I don't know who wrote that minister, but he must have been an alcoholic like me. It's talking about the human experience, that battle that's always going on within us. We know what is right, but we don't always do it. Paul really understood the human condition. He knew that sin is not so much conquered in the moment of temptation, but in the long, prayerful discipline that precedes it. Or as Kenneth Slack puts it, our betrayal comes not when we're being severely tested in the obvious way by grief, suffering and temptation, but when we're letting our souls take their ease. So, we dare not give in to complacency. It's imperative that we hold on to Christ at all times, or rather realise that he's holding on to us. And then we can stand firm for what we know to be right. So when we pray, deliver us from evil, we are using the image of slavery. We're saying that we need to be redeemed from bondage and we're asking that God will help us stand firm and so further the work of the kingdom. Or as the old hymn puts it, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you. Some other to win. Both another temptation, but also some other person to help find Christ. And the Chinese had a proverb that sort of sums up what I've been trying to say. You can't prevent the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building nests in your hair. Very, very few people who commit serious crimes set out with deliberate intent Rather, their failure comes from a deliberate and, as they thought, controlled walk into the field of temptation. For example, it's imperative that someone who wishes to give up drinking stay away from the pub, or that someone who's a slimmer stays away from the cake shop and the chocolate counter. Perhaps that's a bit near for home for people like me. But likewise, if we want to be delivered from the evil one, we should keep out of his way. We dare not go out looking for him or flirt with him. We can't expect God to help if we're determined to make fools of ourselves. And nothing gives temptation a foothold more than overconfidence. A lion tamer was bitten by the lion that he trained for years. And reflecting he said, I was playing with it and thought it was only playing with me. It gave him a false sense of security. He was caught off guard. And similarly, when we play with our temptations, we find that they play with us. Well, the Bible does see evil as a spiritual force of cosmic proportions. It's far more than the sum total of human wickedness, and it seems to have a di- distinctive identity. Dark forces of evil pervert and imprison so many human hopes and dreams and seem to follow an organised plan to undermine the purposes of God. Paul reminds us of the inadequacy of human resources alone to deal with such a powerful reality. And so in Ephesians, as we've already read in this service, put on the whole armour of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we dare not underestimate the enemy, but there's no need to despair, for we're not alone. God is on our side. And his power is greater than that of the evil one. And by his grace, we can live the victorious Christian life. So, in resisting temptation, treat evil seriously. But treat God even more seriously. For he won't let us down. So, Patrick's breastplate... A prayer that means so much to so many and has done for centuries. St. Patrick, rise, use this prayer. I rise today with the power of God to guide me, the might of God to uphold me, the wisdom of God to teach me, the eye of God to watch over me, the ear of God to hear me, the word of God to give me speech, the hand of God to protect me, the path of God to lie before me, the shield of God to shelter me, and the host of God to defend me against the snares of the devil and the temptations of the world, against every man who mediates injury to me, whether far or near. So we pray, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, And then pray that by his Spirit we will stand firm in times of trial and be delivered from the clutches of the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, comma, but deliver us from evil. Let us pray. Grant, Lord, that we may cleave to you without parting. Worship you without wearying, serve you without failing, faithfully find you, forever possess you, the only one God, blessed for all eternity.